0: Welcome to the Portland Pentecostals podcast. We're happy you've decided to join us as we build a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Enjoy the message. There's a couple of words that we're going to really explore in the next two weeks, I believe, uh, Lord willing, that the next two weeks, <clears throat> I got almost all the notes for the next two weeks right in front of me, but I'm realizing as I did it that there's no way I'm getting through it tonight. So that's why I'm saying, Lord willing, next Tuesday we'll finish this. But this is uh, there's two major words we're gonna we're gonna kind of unpack, and then um, and then uh, the third week uh, I'm gonna teach on fasting, and then. The next week will be when we do uh, communion and Pastor Hanson will be the one that will be speaking that night, Lord willing. Um, But there's two words and that's consecration and sanctification or consecrated and sanctified. And um, so just to make this very concise as far as the definition and then it's gonna unfold as we go through our lesson, but to be consecrated is to be set apart for a specific purpose. And we're going to unpack that. But so, so when, when the Bible talks about these words very often, especially sanctified, which we're going to get in in just a moment, but to be consecrated, you, you'll see that you can't really talk about being consecrated without talking about being sanctified, because almost every time that you read in the scripture about consecration, sanctified or being sanctified is almost in the exact same verse. Let alone passage because they go so hand in hand. But so when we talk about being consecrated to God or consecrating something to God, it's something being set apart. For a specific person, purpose. Removed from the, the normal. Removed from the mundane. Removed from the sinful. Removed from that which is earthly. To that which is heavenly. Uh, so consecration is being set apart. Another word you could use. that Maybe we use a little bit more often. In our common day language. Would be to dedicate. To, to be dedicated. Uh, when we dedicate our children. Uh, we're consecrating them. We're pulling them apart or or drawing them away uh, to a specific purpose. Uh, The second word is sanctified, uh, which simply means to be made holy uh, or to be made pure or to be refined. These are all words that you could put together and that would describe what it means to be sanctified. Uh, So with that, we're going to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter number five, uh, verses 23 and 24 is where we're going to begin tonight. And this is the, 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 the last, uh, like the benediction uh, of, of Paul's letter. He's getting to the close of it uh, to the Thessalonians. Uh, and he says, now may God, the God of peace himself sanctify you completely uh, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, who calls you... Uh, uh, who he who calls you is faithful who also will do it uh, so he's saying this is my desire this is god's design uh, is that as the people of god uh, that 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 god himself would sanctify you uh, that he would clean you out and make you pure uh, completely where in your spirit Your soul and your body uh, being preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's quite the tall order. And we've been, you know, it just always weaves together that we're on a journey of being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. But so when you look at that picture, he's saying that the design and the will of God is that ultimately God himself would clean you up. So much that you are blameless in front of Jesus Christ himself. Uh, That's the process that God's taking us through, uh, that thank God. God, his blood is what causes that process to be accomplished in our lives and the regeneration of our life through the power of his spirit. Uh, But um, we're going to dig into this deeper next week is where I believe we're going to really dig into this. But I want to set the seed for this because he says, I want that, that it's the will of God that you be sanctified completely in your spirit, your soul, and your body. So we're going to break that down more next week. But understand that when God starts working in our lives and sanctifying us or making us holy or purifying us or cleaning us, uh, whatever word you want to use in that that, that sphere of words, uh, he wants to do it in your spirit. He wants to do that. In your soul. And he wants to do that in your body. If you were to read it in the Phillips translation. It would say in your spirit. Your mind and your body. And that's beautiful because you're going to see that's where we're going next week when we start getting tonight we're going to I pray there's some practicality in it but we're setting the, the 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 foundation for what God why God is trying to sanctify us and why he is calling us to be consecrated to him or set apart to him but but God wants to address it on every level from your spirit that's uh, your your attitude and what is eternal in your heart. Uh, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, the Bible says, uh, but he wants to do it in your mind uh, and then he wants to do it uh, in your body and in that order and we're going to kind of emphasize that next week even more because all of them matter but God wants to start by changing the spirit of the man, to change the, the passions and the heartbeat and, and the values from within. And then he wants to also, because of that, begin to work on the mind. And as the body, the spirit and the mind are being sanctified, it will naturally bring out the sanctification of your body. So with that, let's kind of take a step back and see there's precedence throughout the scripture for, for this being uh, consecrated and sanctified and and this uh, we 're going to go to Exodus chapter number three verses four through six. I mentioned it in passing on Sunday. Uh, the scripture says this so when when the Lord saw that he turned talking about Moses that Moses turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, moses, Moses and he said, here I am. And he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. So God reaches to Moses through the burning of bush to get his attention. And when God sees that as he's making himself known, that Moses then begins to turn aside, that Moses deviates from his plans, uh, diverts from his plans. Um, his routine and his plans and his will to check out and see what God is wanting or what is going on that God then speaks to him and says don't come any further without taking off your shoes because you're about to step on holy ground Uh, you see this is just this is one of the first times in the scripture where I see a, 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 a real consecration happening there's other places that you could probably draw from, but this is a big point, a turning point where God gets the attention of somebody to draw them to a new Perspective to draw them to his plan, but then he stops them and says, You can't come any further unless you're willing to get your shoes off and change the way you walk and change, uh, separate, uh, separate what you were from where I'm taking you, separate uh, who you are uh, from who I am, uh, so that I can draw you to myself. And um, uh, so when we're talking about being turned aside to God, that's the sanctification or the the consecration part. God's called you and I. The Bible says that, you know, we're called, uh, you know, to come out. uh, uh, Well, I'm getting ahead of myself with Scripture. We're going to read it. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. That God's calling us out and and that's that's a consecration that we've got to make that journey to say I'm going to turn aside I'm going to separate you know there's a lot of people that have philosophy about God and even maybe even accurate perhaps perceptions about God but they're just in the flow of what the world's doing and what they got going and their program and they aren't uh, consecrating themselves to God and therefore the purpose of God isn't really given room to be accomplished in and through their lives because they're they're just taking the the bit of God they know or they think and just trying to incorporate it into their philosophy and their agenda but God is not that kind of a God he's a God that's saying come out he's calling us out to be consecrated to him if we're going to get close to God, if you want to know about God, then just continue as is. But if you want to know God, if you want relationship with God, then there's got to be a separating a Consecration that says, I'm turning aside. I can't, I just can't approach God. I got to approach God. And then, if I'm going to approach God, I, I can't just come as I am and stay as I am. I, I, I understand it at its very root, at the very beginning, perhaps it was a nice saying that has some merit to it come as you are to God. But you don't stay the way you are if you're around God any length of time. You can't come as you are, but you can't stay how you are. God, God called at Moses. Uh, Moses was the Moses he was that, that killed the Egyptian when, when, when he got the invitation of God. Uh, But immediately there had to be, there was God saying, all right, now it's time to shed some things uh, so that you can come close to me. And that's exactly what I want in my life. Uh, David said it this way in Psalms 24 and verses. 1 through 6. The earth is the Lord's, and it's all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. So he's saying everybody's gods, they're all created by God. Uh, God is is the uh, common denominator in everything. Without God, there is nothing. uh, But how, look where he goes from there. He says, uh, he... uh, 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 who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place. So we all have been affected by God because we wouldn't be alive without God. But the real question is, who can get close to God? And this is the answer. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. So David's like, yeah, I know that everybody has been impacted by God. Without God, there is nothing. Everything belongs to God. But the question isn't that. The real question is, who can actually come into relationship with God? Who can actually come close to God? And the truth is, unless there's a purifying, I can't get close to God. I can begin a journey with God, but that journey will never be complete. It will never come to a place of of transformation uh, unless I am willing uh, to be sanctified. Unless I'm willing to let God uh, take me through the process of sanctification. You know, consecration leads to sanctification. So I'm gonna use, let's go to Romans chapter number 12, verse one through two. It's amazing how God works. We read this Sunday. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. That's the consecration, giving your life to God, giving him your very body, your very life. And then what happens? Do not be conformed to this world, but now be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So when we give ourselves to Jesus, that's our act of consecration. And this is something that we have to do over and over again. And I I think I've described this several times, but uh, when I came to Jesus and God filled me with the Holy Ghost, I gave him absolutely everything. But I didn't know what everything was. and now god's telling me what everything is day by day by day by day that's why it's so amazing and it's beautiful but i i can be you can be doing a lot of horrible rotten things come to jesus Confess your sin. He's faithful to forgive you. Repent of your sins. You say, I'm turning to you. I'm giving my sin to you. And God fills you with the Holy Ghost. Even though you're still, you haven't even made any move in certain areas of your life because you were ignorant in that. But God doesn't leave you ignorant to it. And so really... What's happening is as God shows me, yeah, you know, you said you could give me everything. Well, that's part of everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I got the choice yeah. to say, okay, God, or say, oh, I didn't mean that, God. Yeah. Yeah. And when I say, oh, I didn't mean that, then that would be in a, in a sense what it's talking about in Romans and in uh, Hebrews it says this, and in Corinthians it says this that you got to continue in faith, yeah. and that he referring to the 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 children of Israel that they got to the the Jordan River and then they said I don't believe you God for for that even though God had told them explicitly he was taking them to give them the land of Canaan and they said okay God and then they get there and they're like oh that land of Canaan that has those giants I don't know about that God and God is letting us know in the New Testament through the writers that when I when I am on this journey of faith that when definition comes to what God meant when he asked for my all that if I just say no that's off limits God then I stop the process of consecration and I stop the process of sanctification in my life so uh, let's let's kind of break this down even more because I, I think we're we're coming into this and and we're we're going to have this week of consecration but really this is our whole lives but i think so it's a good time to just take this step back and say what does it mean to consecrate myself and be sanctified before god that's that's something that i want to learn over and over again and live it out in my life but what why where for what purpose does God want to consecrate, and for what purpose does He sanctify? Well, in Exodus chapter number nineteen, we find a, a very uh, well-known passage, and we're going to read it, or circumstance anyways uh, in verse number fourteen, so God by this time He is, he's given the law to Moses verbally by this time they they're at Mount. Uh, they're uh, at Mount uh, Sinai uh, where the law is being given and God says, now I want, I want to speak to my people. I want to speak to them. I I speak to you, but I want to speak to them because if you're to read, he actually references that he wants wants a nation of priests. A priestly nation is what he's after. Uh, And so he says, I'm going to speak to them. So Moses went down in verse 14 of Exodus 19. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and sanctified the people. Uh, And they washed their clothes. And he said, to the people be ready for the third day uh, for the third day do not come near your wives when it Then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and thick cloud on the mountain. And the sound of the trumpet was very loud so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in the fire. It Smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain greatly quaked. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him by voice. So here we find a powerful, like dynamic moment where the whole nation of Israel actually was able to come and let God speak to them. Now, we don't have the time to get into all of the nuances of this. Not all of them actually understood what God was saying. But if you read, there were many that did. And they stood and they, they spoke what God had spoken. Uh, but the point of all of this uh, is to just see that there's a picture of an awesome uh, uh, the opportunity and privilege uh, to actually hear from God uh, for themselves. Uh, but for that to happen, uh, they had to sanctify themselves, uh, they had to wash their clothes. Uh, now, we know that in the Old Testament, most everything was physically manifest by their rituals and what God gave them in the law to do. Uh, but uh, but so you can see a picture of, of sanctifying uh, is to actually clean you or uh, yourself, to clean everything attached to you. And God was doing that. Why? Because he wanted to speak uh, to his own people. Uh, and so I'm here to encourage you that as we're going into this consecration moment uh, or this period of time, uh, As I've said, it's a lifestyle as well. What are we looking for? We're not just saying we want to pray and fast because it's an interesting religious tradition. But no, because I don't know about you, but I don't want to go without hearing the voice of God. I want God to speak to his church and I want him to speak to us as a body for direction and faith. But I also want him to speak to each of us as individuals getting down into the the nitty-gritty of our lives, uh, of whatever it is, whether it's it's an issue that needs to be corrected or whether it's faith that needs to be bolstered uh, and expectation that needs to rise, uh, whatever the case, but uh, God can speak to you and I. And I'm so thankful for that. Uh, But you find that very, very rarely uh, did God speak to people that weren't sanctified. uh, And when he did, it wasn't good. When he spoke to unsanctified people, it wasn't a good thing. But I want to be in that intimate relationship with God where I can hear his voice and he can speak to me because that's the interest of God. So God's calling us to be sanctified. He's calling us to be called out and he wants to speak to us. So as we're, we're consecrating our lives, it's about, I want to have the ability to hear his voice and, and God to not be, to to show God, not as in an earning, but as in I'm responding to what I know of him and what he's asking of me now uh, so that I am showing him uh, that I am intentionally looking uh, for his direction. I'm intentionally looking to become involved with whatever he wants me to be involved in. Uh, that's my desire. And so as we move forward, uh, another way or reason that people were sanctified is that the priests were sanctified. So in Exodus chapter number 28, we find the consecration or the setting apart of the priest and then they were sanctified or they were cleansed. So in verse number 41 of Exodus 28, so you shall put them on Aaron, your brother, and on his sons with them. You shall anoint them, and consecrate them, and sanctify them that they may minister to me as priests. And you shall make for them linen trousers and to cover their nakedness. They shall reach from the waist to the thighs. You shall be to Aaron. Uh, they shall be on Aaron and on his sons when they come into the tabernacle of meeting or when they come near the altar to minister in the holy place that they do not incur iniquity and die it shall be a statute forever to him and his descendants after him so God he called for consecration and sanctifying of his priests What I I, I am actually looking anybody can just shout it out. what were some of the reasons for a priesthood? what What was their job? What was the job of a priest? An intermediary to offer sacrifice? To offer sacrifice. Anything else? Worship. Worship? Good. So they were the connection too, between the rest of the nation, right? If there was no priesthood, there would be no sacrifices, so there would, be no, there would be no remission of sins. There'd be nobody to go before them and say, God, forgive us. And then there would be no ability for God to speak and say, I have pardoned. I have remitted this sin. I I have pushed this sin ahead. I've accepted your offering, uh, and so the priesthood was the link between heaven and earth, really. Uh, and 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 so in order there for there to be that link, the, the link has to be sanctified. The link has to be dedicated. It can't be polluted. It can't just be willy nilly. And and and, uh, and uh, this is not a big stretch to come here. Uh, about priesthood because in first peter chapter 2 verses 9 through 12 peter says this to the church he says but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light who once were not a people but are now the people of god God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. This church is meant to be the link between heaven and earth. It's spoken in different uh, uh, words, but it's the same thing. Uh, We're the body of Christ as the church of the living God. Uh, We're that bridge. We're the hands and the feet of God. Uh, And so we are supposed to be holy. Uh, We're supposed to be sanctified. And he even right here uh, reinforces that when he says, I'm begging you. uh, You've been brought out of darkness into light uh, so that you can... Can proclaim God's light and glory to the world. And so that's your purpose. And for that to really happen, I'm begging you to not be so linked to this world, but to be like a sojourner. That's the the, 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 the sanctified part or, or the consecrated part, the separated part. Don't just get in the flow and, and get your identity and your values and your drive from the world. But be pulled out of that uh, and let your lifestyle uh, and the way you live uh, and the way you behave uh, be in a way uh, that even people that are against you uh, would look at it uh, and they couldn't help uh, but be turned to glorifying God. Uh, That's that's the purpose. So as we're being consecrated daily and as we're going into this time of consecration, uh, my desire and my prayer is that God, uh, we would hear your voice uh, and that also uh, we would be effectively uh, aligned with you in a way uh, that we could link uh, the world to you. uh, That we would uh, make more uh, bright uh, the glory of God in our world. That they might know uh, who uh, we believe in and they might uh, find uh, in their heart a desire and a thirsting to know Jesus like we know. Know him. If we're able to bridge between God and others, for that to happen, we gotta allow our lives to be holy and sanctified. Again, we're gonna get more like step by step next week about this, but but uh, but uh, we got to be willing to pull apart from the values of the world. And I can't just live the way I live. I got to start looking at what does God say? What is His design for my for my spirit, for my mind, and for my body? What is His design for that? Because I don't want I don't want to I don't want to tarnish the the link between heaven and earth. I don't want to I don't want to impede what God's trying to do between me and the world. But I want to be aligned and sanctified so that the purity of God's glory can shine through me and it's not tainted by my attitude. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm going to get a little particular enough, but next week we'll do more. But I mean, like, I don't want it to be that I'm so linked to the world uh, that that when I'm trying to be a link to heaven, uh, they just see themselves all. They just see what they see everywhere else. They got to see Jesus, and and Jesus is holy. Jesus is perfect. When we're talking about holy, uh, uh, we're talking about without blemish, without fault, without failure, not tainted by any failure or any any sin, uh, not tainted by any injustice, not tainted by any uh, 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 pride, uh, not tainted by any, uh, uh, you know, what's, what's the works of the flesh? adultery, uh, fornication, uncleanness, uh, uh, lewdness, uh, idolatry, witchcraft. Hatred, variance, uh, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, which is uh, wild parties. Uh, that's, uh, that's the kind of thing that, uh, that, that taints uh, what us as believers that's got to be pulled out of us. And that's, that's a process, yes, but there's certain parts of it that it's just a uh, cutting it off. I want to be sanctified for that purpose. Another reason that the people of God are sanctified is for conquest. Joshua chapter number 3, verse 5 through 10. So God finally has waited through the death of a generation of unbelief. And they're getting ready to go in. To the promised land. In verse number five, Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priests, saying, take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the Lord, the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, this day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel and that they may know that as I was with Moses, I will be with you. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant saying, when you have come to the edge of the Jordan River, you shall stand on the in the Jordan so Joshua said to the children of Israel come here and hear the words of the Lord and Joshua said by this you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Gergazites and the Amorites and the Jebusites So so Joshua said, sanctify yourself. Why? Because God is about to do great works through you. I'm telling you, everything that God promises in his word of transformation in your life and conquering, it is linked to being consecrated and sanctified. Why? Because any impurity in me is resistance to the flow of God's spirit anything in me that is not aligned with him, resists the free flow of his spirit. I'm here to tell you he's so patient with us that not one of us is perfect, and not one of us has has hit the bar of the measurement of Christ Jesus, and he works through us, but every part of my impurity impedes that process of what God's trying to do through my life, and God is wanting to do great things in and through our lives. Romans chapter number eight, verse 37 through 39. We've read much of this passage before, but uh, I want to read it through a little bit of a different lens in verse number 37. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. I'm so thankful for that. The scripture that we're made more then conquerors. How? Through Jesus Christ who loved us. I'm so thankful for that, that God has promised that conquering. And this beautiful passage lists all these things that can't separate us from the love of God. But just take it from this lens for just a moment. I feel like this is just a little bit different perspective than I've seen it from before. But he begins to list, so he says we're conquerors. And what do we conquer? We conquer the things that he lists that can't separate us from his love right here. So these things try to separate us from God's love. These things will posture themselves as having the ability to derail what God's trying to do in our lives or in our family or in the world around us even. And and yet Jesus gave us conquering power So that all these things, they're going to come against us. But they can't defeat us. They can't stop what God is doing. Why? Because Jesus already won the victory. So when we're being consecrated to God, we're saying, "God, all of these things uh, that, that that would come against your perfect plan for my life and come against the 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 conquest into the promises of God." So uh, take that and link it again to uh, to the Canaan's land. Every it's so I love the analogy because it's so perfect in every way that God is calling us as believers out of sin out of Egypt he takes us through the wilderness that is not 40 years unless you're filled with unbelief but you come out of sin and you go into a place that is dry and in that place uh, you learn to worship God uh, that's what the that's uh, that's what God told uh, Moses to tell uh, a pharaoh at the beginning he said let my people go that they may worship me in the wilderness that was the purpose of the wilderness uh, is them to come and worship God and learn how that's why God gave them the law in the in in, in, in or as they were in the uh in the wilderness was to tell them this is my way to approach me because I am holy you must be holy and this is how but then once you begin to learn to worship him he says now it's time for me to take you on a, a conqueror on, onto a conquest I'm taking you into new places in your life I'm I, all of the promises of God are yes and amen to those that are in Christ Jesus what are those promises? They're multitude beyond what I can say today. Uh, but when you look at the Word of God and he talks about righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Uh, that's something that God's wanting to advance in your life is peace in your home peace in your mind there's promises of righteousness that you can live a righteous life that you can live the way God designed for you to live there's the promises of, of, of coming out of, of fear into perfect love there's the promises of bringing the gospel to other people to every creature and, and making disciples and, and there's, there's all of the I, I'm just going to stop now because uh, if I try to go on, I'll go on forever and I'll have a lot of stuttering because I can't remember them all at once. But there's such an amazing list. It's just, it's unlimited promises of God, really, when you look at the scripture. We are intended to walk in those just like the nation of Israel was going to have all of the ites that they were going to conquer. One ite after another ite after another ite after another ite. And God said to to them, you're not going to take it all in one fell swoop. Because if I gave it to you all in one fell swoop, you wouldn't be able to take care of it and it would overcome you. So God actually, by design, intended for them to fight one mile at a time. Not because it wasn't intended to be theirs, but because through the process, God was going to teach them how to manage what he gave them. And through the process, they would have stability for the next victory in their life. And that's the way it is for a believer. When we come to Jesus, all of the promises of God giving us a a strong family, having love, having peace, learning how to forgive uh, uh, down the line. Those are all intended, but it's one by one by one, walking by faith. This is the sanctification process, as it were, is God starts peeling junk off of you and you defeat that that way of thought that was ingrained in you from a child because of your own sinful nature and your family's problems. And you conquer that. And when you conquer that, you realize there's something else. That's why I tell you, uh, don't feel... Horrible when you realize you're not everything you should be, if you're saying, yes, I agree, you can be filled with confidence and excitement and expectation because all it is is God unfolding the map and saying, here's the next place of conquest. But that is the design of God, is that sanctifying. And when he's cleaning us up, it's allowing the flow of God's spirit to become stronger and more pervasive and begin to influence new areas of our life and when I learn to forgive then I can learn to love and when I learn to love it can it feeds peace in my family and when I have peace in my family and in my situations it cultivates greater joy in my life and it just unfolds into this beautiful conquest into the promises that God has for my life in your life so when we're feeling the call of God's saying come out from among them. Come out of that way of thinking. Come out of that that behavior that you see now in my word is not acceptable. Uh, that he's calling you out of that uh, so that he can clean your spirit out uh, and your heart out and your mind out uh, and your life can now live in the victory that he intended for you. Uh, so that's why uh, it's not a dirty word uh, and it's not a rule book uh, that I'm looking at and uh, and people will say why all the rules but I'm not looking at this as a rule book uh, all I'm seeing is that is what's keeping me from the promise of God when I see a sinful attitude or a sinful behavior that is not that's in my life and I see it there I'm not seeing it as God saying this is another rule but I'm seeing that that is blocking the flow of the promise that's in front of me uh, and so God uh, I will willingly lay it down and i will ask you to cleanse it out of my spirit lord i'll let go of it and i'll let you wash it away because god there's something better on the other side there's something better for my life god i might have to give up that way of thinking and i might be attached to it and it might be my ugly dirty friend that i i like to wallow in because we all like a pity party here or there but God, there's something so much better that if I let go of that, God, and I'll let you begin to wash it out of me by your spirit and your word, then, God, there's something greater that I can grab hold of. So I don't look at it. No, it's no longer because I'm on this process and this life cycle of forgetting the things behind and reaching for the things before. I can, I can, I can do, as the writer says, seeing that we're compassed about by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience. The race that is set before him. Uh, uh, the, the scripture I, I started to quote. Uh, I won't quote it all, but uh, it is. I am, for the record, going to go on record that uh, Philippians chapter number three is my favorite chapter. And that's not going to change. And the reason I figured that out is because I figured out that's the one I quote the most. I always land on it. And so I said, well, I guess this one really is my favorite. Where he says, not as though I had already attained. Either were already perfect. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I'm reaching forth to the things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's my desire. That, oh, that I might apprehend that which, for which I am apprehended of. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There's a lot of things I start saying. Yeah, that's not righteous. That's not holy. I need to get rid of it. I need to start doing that. But it's not because I got in here and said, what's the rules, God? It's because I start, got my eye on a prize. And when I got my eye oh, on the prize, everything that was in the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna run over it. Anything that's that's weighing me down, I'm gonna let go of it because God, I'm wanting to be consecrated. I want to get out of the flow of the world and out of the out of the 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 plans that the enemy has for me, because God, you have plans for me and you have thoughts of peace for me, not of evil, but for good. And so Knowing that God, I'm not looking at any of the word of God anymore from the perspective of what do I have to do? What can I not do? But where are you leading me, God? What are your promises? And whatever it takes to get there, I'm going to go there. And when I see something in your word that says that's not of me, that's in the way, I'm going to get rid of it because I don't see it as a rule. I see it as a, an obstacle between me and my my destiny, uh, between yeah. me and the promises of God. And so I can look uh, at the at the dominions uh, of this world or the dominions, uh, what, what, what shall separate us uh, from the love of God? I see things that are high uh, and that are hard to get over, uh, but they're not going to separate me uh, because I'm a conqueror uh, and it's a promise from God. Uh, and so I'm going to go above it. Uh, I'm going to go over it. I'm going to get over it. I see that valley of, of something low that I got to go through but I don't see it as a problem because there's no depth that can separate me from the love of God when I'm in the middle of a situation I don't see it and say oh this situation is going to destroy me but no what's present it can't keep me from the promises of God and from his love so I'm going through it the things of the past I don't look at them and say I got to hold on." That uh, because I have a right to be angry, or I'm going to hold on to that because that's the way I've always done it. Uh, But I'm going to say, those things that are past, uh, they're not going to separate me because I'm a conqueror uh, and there's a promise over my life. uh, And so I'm consecrating myself uh, and I'm being separated from that uh, because, Lord, uh, you have something uh, better for me. uh, Whether it's principalities and angels, uh, whether it's the devil himself uh, or one of the enemies. of my soul. They can't separate me. I might feel pressure. I might feel the enemy pushing down on me. But when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him and I'll go through the other side. And so I am I am separating and I am going through things and I am pushing to get closer to God. But it's not out of fear and it's not out of a wonder if I'm going to make it. But not No, there's a call on me that is so much stronger than anything else. And so all I'm doing is wrapping my arms or trying to reap to my grip around the promise that God has already put in my spirit and say, God, pull me through and I'm going to be victorious in Christ Jesus. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God or from the promises of God because we're conquerors. on you as we are willing to consecrate ourselves and separate from things and separate from places and let God clean us out. We become able to be the link between heaven and earth to a lost and dying world and we become conquerors that can crush under our feet the enemy and we can say yes Lord your promises were true when you said I give you power to tread upon the serpents and the scorpions uh, and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Uh, I found it to be true. Why? Because God, uh, you had a calling on my life uh, and I turned aside. And when you said, take off your shoes, I took them off. And I said, I'm going to walk a different road and God, I'll consecrate myself to you And any time that you say it's time to clean that out of your life, I'll say, yes, Lord, you do it through me because, God, you have something better for me. Jesus, I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that your calling upon our life is filled with purpose, filled with victory, filled with joy, filled with purpose, God. Thank you, God, that I don't have to be deaf to your voice. I can hear your voice for myself.